Yeah, yeah, it's it's your tiny pieces of plastic, I guess. I just hope you didn't somehow fuck up someone's tires with that. Hello, and welcome to the Dice Like Ice podcast, episode four? Uh, Four. (laughs) Less than ten, more than two. Exactly. I am your host, Tony Acton, and with me, as always, the Sean to my Ed, the man with red on him, Andrew Mitchell. Yeah, boy. (laughs) I love that movie. Uh, I, I watch it at least once a year for Halloween, sometimes three or four times a year. Oh, well, that's coming up. You know, I, I also enjoy Hot Fuzz. That's another fantastic uh, movie they did. D- Hot Fuzz, honestly, as time goes on, has, I think, become my favorite of those movies. See, I I really, really, really enjoy it. I think Hot Fuzz is a better movie, but I think um, Shaun of the Dead is more fun. That's definitely true, yeah. I, I don't watch Hot Fuzz for... I mean, it's a fun movie. I wouldn't say it is fun, though, because Shaun of the Dead is just goofy all the way through. Oh, yeah. Whereas oh, Hot yeah. Fuzz is more like, it's very straight-laced and serious, with the exception of uh, Nick Frost's character. And then just, mm-hmm. like, by the end of the movie, there's so many callback jokes to previous shit that happened in the movie that, oh, like, yeah. the last 30 minutes is solid fucking gold. Yeah, you know, Paul's another good one. Um, end, of the wor- end of the World? Uh, the the pub crawl movie. I always forget because it came out at roughly the same time as the Pirates movie that has like the exact same title. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one was oh, okay. At, at World's End, whatever it's called. Yeah, I, I never yeah. remember. That one was yeah. okay. I, I definitely liked it. It's definitely better than most movies that come out just yeah. compared to Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. Not not even close. I, Paul was fantastic though. If you haven't seen Paul, I thoroughly Oh, I like Paul, it. yeah. Okay. Uh, I would put it on roughly the same level as the pub crawl one. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's just not as good. Oh, also, well, I just uh, I enjoy that one because they uh, literally went to the U.S. and got an RV, and to write the movie, they drove through the desert on the RV to write the movie because nice. they wanted the experience of it. Yeah, that's uh, so. whatever gets the creative juices flowing. Also, before I forget, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Grip and Rip, uh, and it will continue to be so until we get an actual sponsor. What do you, what do you got today, Andrew? Oh, today, uh, I was feeling a bit of the fall energy. It has gone down to where night is actually uh, moderately cool here. Moderately cool being (laughs) mid-60s. So I got the Founders Oktoberfest. Ooh, all right. Well, it it being uh, in the midst of baseball season, I'm going with the Terrapin Pastime Pale Ale. It is, I didn't realize, a blistering 5% ABV, so at least I'm staying hydrated. Yeah, I'm rocking a uh, 6% over here, so not, mm. not not hitting a stout this time. Ooh, that's a really hoppy one. That's actually kind of nice. This is a German-style Marzen? Marzen? It's, a, it's an A with two dots above it, so I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah. Uh, so, Andrew, uh, what have uh, what you been working on the past week? Hobby progress. Uh, let's see. Uh, last week I said I got all my Kill Team stuff done. I've started painting said Kill Team. Oh, the big thing I did, I finished my 60 grots for my Gloom Spike gets, uh, 40 stabbers and 20 shooters with mixed banner bearers, leaders, etc. in there. Um, as I said last time, a little bit less detail when it comes to the basic foot sluggers like that, but uh, it was still about a week and a half to actually get them all done. Um, uh, I'm pretty good at... at, at uh, assembly lining them at this point when it comes to painting them because I've uh, these are my 
hundredth grots that I've painted for that army so far. I am up to yep. 100. So I know that pretty, feeling pretty quick with them now. I think overall probably took me uh, not including waiting for washes and texture paints to dry about 25 ish hours to paint 60, which I think is pretty solid. Um, you know, so that's done. I even hit the little details like painting their eyes red. I didn't I didn't then give them eye shine by doing a brighter red and then a white and then a glaze of art coat or anything on top of it. Cause I'm not a crazy person, but, you know, it looks good on the table. Um, and then I started painting uh, my Kill Team Orc Commandos set. Uh, I got the skin done on it. I've started doing the leather. Um, they're going to be a little more drab and muted colors than most of my Death Skulls, although being orcs and Death Skulls, they only understand hiding and camouflage so much, so there will still be some bright blue on them. Hey um, man, blue is in some camouflages. That's definitely true if they're hitting like an Arctic world or something, yeah. Exactly, uh, see? I, I don't think Artarius is an Arctic world, but whatever. <laughs> they're, they're Death Skulls. Part of it may sure. be. It's true. They might be having a fight at the poles. See? You never know, man. But, but they all have Blood Axe logos on them, so I guess they're on loan. I don't know. Um, hmm. I also base coated my Stompa, which took, uh, like two hours to do. <laughs> what, like one and a half rattle cans of primer? Uh, no, actually it was only probably about a, I'd, at best I'd say a quarter can of primer. Ooh. It was actually pretty easy. Um, I, I think the potato shape lent to quality primer. Yeah. I think that made it, made a, a good difference on it. But, um, yeah, so he's very blue. I have started the metallics on it and boy, is this model going to take a while. Especially yeah, with the it's, amount it's a of, lot of plastic checks and dags and flames and, you know, just orky bullshit I'm going to slather on it. I This is going to be my, like, put two hours into it every other night kind of project. I don't think he's actually going to get done for a while, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, but that, that project lends itself really well to, like, fun things you can do to it. Because, like, you, you do a lot of really cool little bits on all your models, but this is going to be, you could do, like, a whole showcase of all the other little details you throw on the others. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was thinking with it. Just, uh, I might go back and pry the arms and head head off just to make it a little easier to paint because I was so excited to build the damn thing, you know, until hour <laughs> four of the six-hour build um, that I was just excited to see it all together. And now that I'm doing that, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of that's a lot of little cables and pistons and stuff that are going to be just the biggest pain in the ass to get to. But, eh, you know, we'll make it work. I always do. Um <laughs> I did pop off all the grots, though, because it has all these, uh, it has, like, the repair crew on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so I, I glued those on just to, you know, get the vibe for it and see how it looked. And then I started painting around them. I'm like, this is going to be awful. And I just snapped those fuckers right off. So I'll, I'll paint them separately. It, it didn't ruin either the Stompa or the grots. So it, it'll make my life ten times easier just doing that. Um, yeah. It's the downside of Imperial Super Heavies, like, uh... My Bane Blade, my Shadow Sword, I've got, like, I've only got one of them painted right now, but it's the same paint scheme as my other tanks, it's just b bigger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I mean, I could do all the fun stuff on it, but it would look really bizarre and out of the, like, out of place for the rest of the army. That's when you just get some Sisters of Battle stuff to kit bash with, and you just make Commissar Yarrick's oh, Fortress yeah. of Arrogance. You just Fortress go, of Arrogance, oh. You just go I crazy. that tank. Um, Maybe I should. I've, I've got a whole other Bane Blade box literally sitting on the shelf next to me that I haven't even cut the shrink wrap on that I have for like two and a half years. Yeah, it'd be a fun, fun kit bashing project. Ooh, I should, I should do that with my with my new Yarrick model. Oh yeah, well that ends my hobby progress. So uh, why don't you talk about the stuff you've done, including your brand new hop, uh, Yarrick model? Yeah, yeah so uh, I haven't, I haven't done a whole, whole lot this week. Um, 
I got, uh, what is it, about 34? That's a weird number because there's a bunch of command groups. 34 uh, Skaven clan rats pretty much done. I've got to do, uh, i got to wash them a little bit and then just do the bases and those are all ready to go. I nice. uh, got the other 40 rats primed and zenithalled, so that's nice. The Warp Lightning Cannon I started on and whew, I am regretting putting that all the way together. Uh, my next one that I've got coming in, I'm definitely leaving it in two halves to paint. Because turns out painting wood grain on the inside of something that you can see is a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's that's when a contrast would also be good. Because you just slap it on there and just don't even think about it. Well, that's what I'm using the contrast on it to oh. start with. The uh, the wildwood contrast, it's a yeah. beautiful wood color. Because the grain's already, already textured into it. But just getting the brush in some of those spots is so hard to do. I'm... I'm so glad I left the cannon where it can at least move because that helps me a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you'd glued that in place, that would have been just the biggest thing yeah. in the ass. Nope, that bitch would have gone right into the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> the joys of super glue. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's why I don't use plastic cement because I tend to fuck up on models semi-regularly. Other, other than the occasional time where I, I slather it on too thick, most of the time I can usually pry a model apart without too much damage if I use plastic glue. But, yeah, it's a yeah. lot easier if you do if you do super glue. Yeah. I tend to do super glue because I've also got a uh, hobby paralysis where like I'll do an entire army like I want to use this bit on him and I'll go hunt down like in my case 200 or so kilts and rip the legs off all of my guardsmen and slowly start replacing them with kilted legs because I like the World War One aesthetic more and then I got that I was like mm, they need different heads so I'm doing it again with heads. One day you'll so, finish an army. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. I take offense to that. I had an entire Eshin army done, and a Bretonian army done, and I've got a Space Wolf army done. Mm, the Space Wolf army needs to be based, but other than that, it's done. Do you count the Space Wolves, though? I mean, when's the last time you actually played with them? Uh, point taken. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would defend that. I, I would say, no, I painted them, they're done, goddammit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you don't get to throw stones about painting a whole army that never fucking play in it. I, I have. I think I've played with literally every army I've ever painted at least once. <laughs> once, <laughs> still counts. <laughs> I, I totally did a whole Bone Reapers army just to fuck with one of the guys at our shop's ogres list, and then realized I don't like Bone Reapers. So hey, yeah, whatever. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. Then uh, Thankful and Bone Ripper. I got all the base coating done on that. I'm actually really excited about that model. That's a cool uh, model. I, I I play. I don't know if you saw we were over there. We did a. Me and Andrew and our buddy Will did a painting day. Uh, and if you want to feel really inferior as a painter, do a painting day with the two best painters in your group. Yeah. Uh, boy, did I feel like a fucking dumb kid. <laughs> hey, you know, it, it could have been worse. You you actually brought a lamp that worked. I was painting with did. just sunlight. That's true. I uh, brought two working lamps. And Will used the other one, and I yeah. had my little crappy Chinese-made hobby foldable lamp, and I thought I had charged it, and I totally forgot to, so I was working with the sunlight. Yeah, it worked. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I was just basing skin, so it wasn't anything crazy. But Yeah. So I uh, got, got that done. But I, I was playing with that technique. Um, I did... Um, what is it? It's, it's one of the flesh colors. Dark Oath flesh contrast over everything. And then where all of the um, like the scarring is and where the stitch lines and stuff like that are, I thinned out some of the shyish purple really, really thin and did that over it and then wiped it away with uh, the towel. So it kind of so it kind of settled into the recesses of it. And it actually looks like this really sad bruised beat up skin along the stitch line yeah usually so, with the uh, scars and and 
contusions and such. I mm-hmm. usually do like stipplings of uh, Drooky Violet and Caraburg Crimson around it just to really get it get kind of like a raw, irritated look. Yeah, I plan on doing that and then hitting it all with a flesh tone dry brush to kind of pull it all back. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah, a lot a lot of that when I have my Nurgle army. Uh, mm-hmm. Just just l- lots of very gross flesh to try a lot of different techniques on there. Oh, yeah, and then uh, picked up those uh, the uh, Admech rifles from you to make some of my own Warplog Giselle teams. Oh yeah, my... got uh, two more boxes of Clan Rats on the way, and another Warp Lightning cannon on the way. Gonna be able to actually get all that built and painted before New Orleans. We're getting pretty close. We're gonna find out. So here's the thing: is I'm pretty much the only thing I have to finish painting before New Orleans is oh, and I finished my two Warplog engineers and my Arch engineer too. Uh, the only thing I have left to really paint is just finish up um, a couple more clan rats and base those guys, finish up Thankful and Bone Ripper, and then finish up that one Warp Lightning Cannon and my Storm Fiends. Oh, the rest of your stuff was just yeah. for fun? Yeah, it's just it's just me. Because I kind of want to throw it into Armies on Parade and try and beat the record at our local GW, which is, <laughs> I think it was 314 models on a 2x2, two two, and I was like, I'm going to try and break 400 on it is my goal. Just to really, you know, dunk on whoever did 300 and something. Yeah, I... So we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. I would not do that. That's too much. <laughs> that's way yeah, too well, much. Come on, Andrew. You know I'm a crazy person. I mean, that's true. That's true. We're both crazy just in different ways with this hobby. Yeah. But uh, my favorite part of hobby progress, I talked a little bit about it the other week. Uh, I finally got to got it in my hand this time, is the classic second edition metal Commissary Arctic model. Banner pole still intact. I'm so excited to paint him up. Uh, he is going to be my cherry on top after we finish the tournament, though. Uh, I it was in really, really good condition as well. I was it uh, was amazed at how not mangled that thing was for being almost yeah. as old as I am. It's not beat up. It's not dented. It only has one coat of primer on it. Part of it's already painted. I'm going to strip that off, of course. But man, I was I was blown away at the condition it was in. First time I'd realized that that model uh, has a, a big orc skull as a backpack for his banner. Yeah, yeah, that was. I don't know if it's if it's an orc skull or if it's mechanical. I've never seen the back of that model with the backpack and the banner pole because it's always missing. So I got I got a steal on that. Yeah, for sure. I I am quite envious of some goofy old hammer stuff, especially oh, yeah. especially that one because that was back when power uh, power claws for orcs were these weird like like pincher crab claws. Yeah, the weird like pincher crab claws, not these cool like fucking like like Detroit junkyard claw things that they yeah. have now, which I love. Oh man, junkyard wars. I wonder if that shows on anything. I think they brought it back actually. Yeah, but there's no way to be good as the original. That's pretty much all the hobby progress I've gotten done. Not a not a whole whole lot. Uh, my plan is to get a good chunk done tomorrow because my last day off work. The past three days have been a bit hectic with everything I've had to do. Not quite. Oh. Uh, not quite as hobby time relaxing as you were hoping <laughs> no. for. Monday was the most hobbying I did was when we did that paint day. Yeah, that was a good paint day though. I, I, it was I, a good paint day. We should day. see about doing that a little more often. I think. It's just hard for us all to have that day off. No, I mean, that's super fair. I, I normally wouldn't be able to come in at Monday at 11 or whenever we yeah, showed ditto. up. Yeah, Because uh, I go yeah. into work at 10, so, you know. But I, w- I wouldn't mind the occasional Sunday just doing a hobby day and then, you know, grabbing games after or during. Yeah, I'd be down for it on occasion. Um, as, long as, as long as our table doesn't get taken again. <laughs> yeah, fucking magic mm. people took over. But right. that's, that's the joy of sharing a hobby shop with non-war yeah. uh, gamers. 
Which, it's okay, they're allowed to be there too. They could have just sat on a different part of the... That's true. The incredibly otherwise empty store. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of a uh, hobby shop, what, uh, what kind of games you played? Did you play any games this week? I did, I did. Uh, you were there for it, you should know. <laughs> I was, and I did, but I didn't want to steal your thunder. I was I was going to get a game win with you, probably, but yeah, it didn't end yeah. up working out. But I did play against uh, Ben's Flesh Eater Quartz again. Uh, he took a different list than the last time. He put in more of the, I want to say they're called Crypt Flayers, the big... Yeah, Crypt Flares and something else. There's another name for the in, things, too, but I don't know. Var- yeah, Vargas? Yeah, Not He didn't have the goofy uh, old metal model. He, he kit-bashed one. Yeah. Um, and then he had some of the Infernal Courtiers, I think they're called. I don't... Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I took my sons of Bayamot list, um, the one I'm thinking about taking to the New Orleans tourney. Uh, and boy, do Crypt Flares kick ass. <laughs> Yeah, they do. They well, so the thing is, they're not good except for one ability, and that one ability, oh boy! So they have a thing where they have a shooting attack. It's a one attack, and they roll two dice for it. And if the dice are greater than your unit's bravery, then the difference in numbers is how many mortal wounds that that model takes. So, for instance, if you're fighting against something with uh, bravery ten, and they roll a twelve, well, that's only two mortal wounds. It's not too bad. Uh, Mega Gargans only have seven bravery. So, if he rolled a twelve with that seven, that's a lot of mortal wounds that get stacked up. Especially when he has you know six of them screaming at one Mega Gargan. So there, I would kill for bravery seven in my scaven. I'm bravery four, buddy. I mean, that's fair, but you also have <laughs> the numbers. You got chaff in that army. Whereas if I if I have a Mega Gargan yeah. that loses 20 plus mortal wounds in a turn, which that's happened, true. then I get hampered pretty quickly. But uh, no, it was a really good game. Uh, it was very swingy. Each round it was like, shit, this is his game. And you mm-hmm. could just see it in, in Ben's face when I was doing my turn. And then you could probably see it in my face when it was his turn. And uh, for the first time in my Age of Sigmar career that I'm aware of, it ended in a dead fucking tie i had uh i pretty much mulched his entire army but he did have i think six crypt flares left and then something like i want to say 15 ghouls and then on the far edge of the table was uh ah what the hell is that thing called it's the cool new vampire model that's on the the pillar um yeah um arch that sounds right his arch regent i think it's arch general who he just had back holding an objective yeah, who just summons in a bunch yeah. of crap. That it was them, and then I had one Mega Gargant left. It was my, my Gatebreaker. Uh, and the uh, the game type we were on was called Apex Predator, which you could only score mm-hmm. if you had a hero on the objective, and the only way they could score is if they'd moved to that objective that turn or killed another hero uh, to get them off of that objective that turn. And so... In, in melee, melee it had specifically. Speci- specifically had to be melee, and it had to be the killing shot. You couldn't just, like, wear it down and then have your mooks finish them off. Your hero had to kill my hero, and all of my Mega Gargans count as heroes. So that was uh, interesting points-wise. So he had the numbers, but I had the advantage just because of that whole hero shenanigans, which uh, ended up being pretty fun because I had a Kraken Eater who uh, was pretty good at, at playing some soccer that game. He, he kicked some <laughs> he objectives was. around, and I had it to where my Mega Gargan, or my, uh, my Gatebreaker was essentially quote holding two objectives even if he wasn't scoring off of them but the way i had it i I had it where it was a deadlock where he could not take the objective and score points until my my mega gargant was dead and so i was just like deadlocking it forcing him to not get points and he had the numbers to where he could take the other objectives from around me so he was still getting constant uh points just for that and he had some good secondaries he 
got uh, kill a monster, which my entire army is monster, so that one's a gimme if he's going to kill anything. Um, but yeah, it, it ended in a dead tie, which was uh, amazing, and I hope every Warhammer game goes like that, because it's really fun when nobody loses, and it, it goes down to the wire. It was the last turn, so that would that would be cool. But uh, yeah, good game. I, I definitely hope for more like that. Yeah, you did. Uh, you did a dumb still. Well, we mathed it out afterwards, and it ended up that it probably wasn't that a dumb, because uh, yeah, it would have it would have ended the exact same result. Yeah, but. no, because uh, I was the the last turn. I was thinking about how to mitigate as many wounds against my Gargan as possible to keep him alive, forgetting that for him to mm, score points, he had to have a hero on the objective. And there was one hero on the objective waiting to kill my Mega Gargant, and I put all my attacks into his ghouls to try and mitigate attacks because he had them all beefed up doing tons of extra attacks and stuff. And then as soon as I killed the last one, I was like, oh, that should have killed the hero so he couldn't score, and you'd have to spend a turn getting your other hero across the board. Hmm, that was dumb. But we did actually sit down and do the math on what he would have done, and it ended up winning exactly the same points-wise. So even if it was technically kind of a stupid choice on my end, it still worked out the same. So, you know, it was fine. I wish I would have been able to watch more of that game. What I did watch was really entertaining. Oh, it was though. very swingy and very fun. There was a lot of, like, you know, I need this roll to be perfect. Ah, snake eyes. Or, oh, I'm, I'm absolutely going to lose and I'm going <laughs> to die. Oh, all sixes. Holy shit. So, you know, it was one of those games. It was, I hope I hope all Warhammer matches can be like that. So what about your game, Tony? I know you got one in. <laughs> so I played one game. Uh against a guy who's learning Age of Sigmar in our local shop. Nice guy. He's been talking about Sigmar with us forever. I was like, you know, get you some stuff. We'll get you an army built. We'll give it a shot. He wanted to try Bone Reapers. Uh, one of our other buddies plays, plays. He has some Bone Reapers, so he knows the rules a little bit. Helped out uh, Helped out Chris, who is the fourth Chris of our group. I realized that this morning. There's four of them in yeah, our group. We, we got to start calling them last names. Or we could just have him do a death yeah. match. Just throw down like a, a rusty hobby mm-hmm. knife and they go for it. I was thinking like a ball peen hammer. Uh, well, it's got to be something hobby related. So we get like a, a mold r- remover. Tweezers. Yeah, we get tweezers. We get a mold remover. Tweezers and blue we get stuff. A rusty hobby knife. And then one of them just gets like a water pot. So. <laughs> hey, man, that water pot. The Citadel water pot's great. Uh, you convinced Will. He was, he was I actually going to get one. Die on that. He was hill. actually going to get one, but they were out of the shop. Yeah. Yeah, I've got one in my cart to order from GW because he wanted me to put one in when I ordered the um, Stormcast book this mm. weekend. So, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, our new guy Chris, he's he's learning Bone Reapers. He took a, a decently hitty Bone Reaper list. It was one unit of the cavalry, uh, one of the big leaders on a horse. Oh, uh, one of the I don't know the names of I'm any of the Bone Reapers. I had so the army for like here. three months as I painted yeah. them, and then promptly forgot everything when I realized I didn't like them. Um, yeah, he had one of the uh, the Bone Shapers or whatever that like bring them back to yeah, life. The Necromancer guys, and he had um, yeah twenty of the guard, and then three of the I don't know the duelists who were just mulchers, the big the guys dudes, with forearms. Those yeah, he had three those of those. the Acropolis stalkers. I want to say. Yes, General that's it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I took a comically unoptimized list. I did a warp lightning cannon, which generally kills itself. A warp lock bombardier, which generally kills itself. Uh, two blocks, or no, one block of clan rats, one block of gutter runners, so we could show a little bit of shooting phase stuff. And then I took the um, the vermin lord warpseer, who sucks in close combat. He can cast spells. That's kind of his shtick is to cast spells and kind of buff and support because I wanted to show magic. 
Um, and it was bad. <laughs> uh, the first turn, my Warp Lightning Cannon killed 11 Mortec Guard, which one of them came back. Which is uh, saying a lot, because Mortec Guard are fairly hard to yeah. put down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was all mortal wounds, and he rolled real bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on his turn, I had, I had moved pretty much my entire army in. I was like, cool, you know, that way you can, you know, you can see how charges and stuff like that works. Uh, he failed to charge with his stalkers. He failed to charge with his bone shaper. He failed to charge with his guard. He failed to charge with his general. And he failed this charge with his cavalry guys, which he re-rolled and still failed. If I remember correctly, you and said... the longest yeah, charge, yeah. yeah, was eight inches. <laughs> Yeah, he failed five charges and then re-rolled one and failed it still. Uh, so that didn't go his way. And then the next turn, um, the next turn, the Warp Lightning Cannon killed the other 12 Mortec Guard in just a absurd fashion without killing itself again. Uh, I rolled max damage on the spell for my Vermin Lord. And almost one shot at his bone shaper guy. It's like Jesus. And then his poor I, I charge his uh his cavalry and his crib guard. I just threw mooks into him. Um so my my clan rats hit his cavalry. I attacked with them first. They did like two wounds. Uh, in response, he didn't kill a single clan rat. <laughs> and then my Tin Man Night Runner squad hit his stalkers. Which I was like, okay, this actually might be a pretty decent fight. Uh, I didn't wound once, and he killed six of them in one fell okay, swoop. Okay. So I was like, all right, that was that was not That's my best. That's more like how you uh, assume fighting against Bone Reapers generally would be. Yeah, but he used he. We didn't realize the different attacks they yeah, had because they have a. He used the one that gave them a plus one to hit or plus yeah, one to wound. Because they have like a different that. aspect to the one that added the damage. Their goofy faces. Yeah, and then we learned, oh man, there's one that you can do uh, plus one rend and plus one damage, so it would negate all my save and kill two rats. Yeah. So on his turn, everything was locked into close combat, uh, except for his general who charged my vermin lord and promptly whiffed and then almost got one-shotted in response, (laughs) which is saying something because he had seven wounds, and at best, I think the the vermin lord just uh, can do... What it's five d three. I at, at absolute best I could do fifteen. I think I did like five to it. Yeah, and if you're not taking the um, Petrifex Elite or whatever, then you don't even get a feel no pain save mm-hmm. with that army. So that's uh that's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, he had the feel no pain save. He only passed a handful. Oh jeez. And then his Necropolis stalkers got to attack next against my guys. Like, well, these guys are done. He whiffed every attack. <laughs> every attack misses. Uh, so the next phase, he had his general close enough. He's like, all right, so, you know, let's do an all-out attack so you have plus one to attack with him. He hit one time and whiffed every other, and then I killed two of them in response with the six guys I had left because all, all six of them hit, all six wounded, and he failed all six for him. Oh, boy. It, it went, it went so, bad. It went so sideways. So what Rose I'm Man. hearing so bad. is that we have a third seat for Dice Like Ice. <laughs> Andrew, I've never seen anything Not even like from it. me. Not even Oof. from you. Oof. Well, I feel for the guy. Uh, hopefully that means yeah. he got all the bad rolls out of the way, so the next game is a little more, you know, average. Let's hope Oof. so. Yeah, my, my Warp Lightning Cannon did 11 wounds on the first turn, 12 wounds on the second turn, and 11 wounds on the third turn, and then it finally killed itself. 
but by that point it already so it, already it did, did its work yeah it, i mean it did it did 34 mortal wounds in a thousand point game like that's it's dumb jesus so that was the only game that i got in and like i felt like i kicked a puppy i mean yeah you, you're like oh hey let me teach you how to play this game man it's super fun and i'll just slowly crush your fucking throat you piece of shit <laughs> yeah right jesus play the fucking game with us asshole well uh i get we'll see if that continues to be a trend if uh, all new people we introduce to the game get promptly dumpstered <laughs> well he he works this weekend but he said he'll be back in a couple of weeks when he's off on a sunday again so hopefully some of the other guys in our group who are starting up sigmar will have a little bit built i can just pit two new people against one another yeah that would be a good way to do it because then they both could be going um er, and not exactly knowing strategy well and they can be they can be bad yeah. together and that's what you want in this game sometimes yeah. You could have, you know, me or you on one side or Ben on it. You know, that way we can be there and talk them yeah, through the game. shout if they need help while mm -hmm. we're having a fucking slap fight with my Mega Gargans. Yeah, seriously. I don't know. Mine and your games tend to go very quick one way or the other. But anyway, so yeah, with the ridiculous <laughs> amount of mortal wounds either of our armies can output, uh, it's, yeah. it can really go either way for sure. Well, we both tend to gravitate towards stupid swinging oh, armies. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So with with how uh, it, it dice like ice for sure with me because it's like oh mega gargans they tend to be in the top three or five armies and they're they have ridiculous wound output and are amazing and boy am I really good at whiffing on those hit rolls for them yeah you and me both uh, man. but anyway uh, so that's all, right. all of our games played yeah, this week so uh, that's all of our games played this week um I don't think it'll be many more next week honestly yeah, probably not. but we'll see. The big one's going to be the week after the tournament. We're like, here are the eight games that I played yeah, this I might, week. Sit down and might buckle have to up, take boys. Some notes so I can remember all the games yeah. I play. Yeah, it's just going to be an episode called Games Played. We'll, uh, we'll see how how we <laughs> how well we stick with our podcast title if our dice are truly ice or not. Yeah, yeah. You'll know because it'll just be titled. I don't want to talk about this stupid fucking game anymore. I'm done with this <laughs> yeah, dumb. This, hobby. That'll be the time we were like, all right, let's play D and D for an episode. <laughs> we'll right. just talk about our goofy shit we've done in that game. Oh, <laughs> uh, so speaking of tournaments, we're uh, we're gonna roll into our segment today, and today I want to talk about sportsmanship, mm. Andrew, because I think that's a topic that you know, with all the grand tournaments coming back in, uh, Adepticon happening this Hopefully. year, the GTs rolling out. Well, it was announced, tickets sold for, so we'll we'll see what it looks like come March. Yeah, but. yeah. As always, who who knows with how things are right exactly. now? But fingers crossed. Well, as long as they can do yeah. it safely and everybody's you know as as socially distanced, masked up, vaccinated, et cetera, et cetera, as possible, could work. Exactly. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about what makes a good sport, what makes a bad sport, what you do to be a good sport in a game, things like that. So, what do you think? makes a good sport in a game a good sport in a game well uh it would tend to be people who uh even if they don't necessarily come to the game with like a nice attitude and being overly friendly just like not being immediately standoffish uh i i i, I guess it would long the, golden rule okay that's essentially it the golden rule of gaming is uh don't be a dick <laughs> 
That's yep. that's essentially don't it. It's like you don't have to be best friends with the person you're playing with, but be moderately courteous. Uh, if they have a question about, if we're talking about Warhammer specifically, if they have a question about your army or your list, be willing to answer. Don't just say, oh, you should know that it's a tournament or something like that, because uh, if you're really looking to the rules, the vast majority of tournaments actually have a clause in their rules saying if someone asks you about your list, you have to tell them because, because they them. don't want shitty people to pull gotchas or, you know, cheat. So uh, I guess that's another big one. Don't cheat. You know, if you can't win, then you just don't. If you, if you can't win by playing fair, don't even bother, man. Nobody wants to play with a cheater. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're nerd. Yeah, roll your dice where both people can yeah, see it. Yeah, roll your dice. Keep them on the table. Don't do the weird quick roll yeah, stuff. Yeah, keep them on the table long enough so people can actually read that indeed you did score five sixes and not just going, oh, that's five sixes and picking up your mm-hmm. dice because I'll call over a fucking judge if you keep doing that shit because mm-hmm. I got no problem. I don't know you as a person. I'm okay with this being confrontational if you started off like that. So... Yeah, if you and I are playing and you roll dice and I don't see it, you're like, hey, and I'm you know, doing something much like, hey, I rolled four sixes. I'll be like, cool, that seems really out of character for you, but okay. <laughs> yeah, because we're friends and we know we're probably not going to exactly. lie unless it's inherently a joke. Yeah. And then like five seconds later, we'll burst out laughing. So, you know, exactly. Which, uh, some people might not do in a tournament. So, you know, my, my basic rule is, you know, the golden standard of do not be a dick. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, another kind of big one is listen to your Mm -hmm. opponent when they're talking to you because that's one of my really big pet peeves is like i try and be very transparent with what i am doing that way you know in case i do flub up something you know like if if i I drop in a unit it's supposed to be more nine inches away i put it it's like eight and a half inches away because i I bumped a model when i was sliding it or something and then they get all pissed like oh you know the intent was the nine inches and adjust it things like that yeah don't be a dick like don't be a dick listen to people when they're saying things i most people are not going to obviously try and cheat Uh, i will uh say that uh, this is a complicated game with a lot of rules it's entirely possible Mm -hmm. for even veteran players to forget a rule and occasionally flub something if that happens to your game and it looks like they're not obviously cheating or something and you can go oh hey man uh that's not quite nine inches could you could you measure that again i think i might have saw that being eight inches exactly. and they go oh shit my mistake or they get pissy and you know then that's a whole other thing but that goes back to you need to be the better person and just call the judge over if they're being a dick we got judges at these tournaments for a reason yeah and you know if like in that situation if somebody calls you out thinking you're being wrong on something don't fucking take offense to it like, we're both here to play Yeah, like, game. if you misinterpret a rule, or they think you misinterpret a yeah. rule, pull out the rule book, pull out the FAQs, go, well, mm-hmm. I think it goes like this, but I might have read that wrong, and then spend the five minutes. Yeah. I know these tournaments are timed, so you don't want to waste time looking up rules, but... <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, but if you have to spend ten minutes arguing, that's five extra minutes that could have been gaming mm-hmm. after you spent the five minutes to look up the rules. So, you know, it's uh, just just be courteous, be calm, be collected, play your game, have fun. Exactly. Uh, you know, obviously not in this day and age, but usually going into a game, I like to shake my opponent's hand before and after the game. Uh, not right now, because, you know, the rounds kind of puts a damper on Maybe do on the it. elbow bump. Yeah, do the uh, demolition man thing. Oh, I was thinking the oh, demolition man thing. The, the weird, like, circle yeah, the handshake high five thing. Circle. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Be it well, works. John Spartan. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I... I treat my opponent or i like to believe that i treat my opponents with respect so 
uh, rolling in with the name Dice Like Ice. I tend to roll badly on occasion, so uh, mm-hmm. I have been to tournaments where my dice were fucking ice cold, and I was rolling nothing but ones and twos, and I was letting across some kind of pissy energy doing that sometimes. And I have looked at opponents and gone, hey man, it's not you. I'm just rolling like shit, and I'm mad at myself, so don't, don't take any offense to that. It happens. There's a lot riding on these games sometimes. Sometimes you pay to enter, or if it's like us going to New Orleans, mm-hmm. you've spent money to enter the tournament to drive or fly to the city to get a hotel i mean granted hopefully it's mostly to hang out with friends meet new people and check out some cool models but you know if you're actually a competitive person and you're there for the game and your dice are rolling nothing but ones sometimes it's hard to not let that energy come across so you know just be willing to speak out and go like hey man it ain't you it's me (laughs) yeah i think one other really important thing when it comes to sportsmanship is having an idea of how you want to do when you go to the Mm. tournament like i'm going to this event primarily to have fun so you know i'm not gonna i'm not going there be like i've got to win i've got to do this i've got to hit these milestones i want to have fun i want to hang out with my friends i want to meet new friends i want to be with other people who enjoy the hobby if i go zero and five that sucks but so fucking be it. Yeah, same. My, uh, my main the, goal the is to, other to hang out with buds oh. and to, to have a good time. Although I do have the one goal of I'm taking what should be a good army. I want to win one match. Yeah. If we're taking five games. Yeah. If I can win one, I'll be a happy camper. I would love to go positive. It's realistically in the realm of the list I'm taking to go three and two. Uh, but if it doesn't happen, whatever. I've lost enough times in my life to know. There's Shit enough happens. Gotrick and Marathi now, BS out there. I fully expect to lose everything, yeah. but I would like to have one. Yeah. Now, if I go to the tournament at, uh, at Giga, I kind of want to go into that, and I really want to win. Like, not a win at all cost. I'm not going to be a dick about it. And if somebody, you know, forgets a rule or misses something in a phase, I don't really have a problem going back and adjusting it as long as it's nothing, you know, way in the past. Yeah, yeah. If it's, I forgot my plus one wounds two rounds ago, it's like, tough, t- mm-hmm. tough titties, dude. The, the board has changed too much to rewind there. Yeah. If you rolled, like, your movement phase, and you're like, oh, man, I totally forgot to cast Arcane Shield. Are you cool if I do that real quick? Whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Because it's not really going to... It, it won't change the state of the game. Yeah, to just roll. And, and I'm cool with roll well, put a marker down. Wahoo. Exactly. So what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on uh, on takebacks and go-backs and things like Generally, that? Generally, uh, with friends, I'm cool with whatever, as long as it's the same around. It doesn't bug me. If I was in, like, a tournament setting, I would say you could go back one phase to do something. Like you said, if we're in the movement phase and you go, oh, shit, I meant to cast Mystic Shield. Is it cool if I do that? And I'll go, uh, yeah, if you move that model yet, let's measure real quick, make sure you can do it get in that 18 inch range or whatever and then give it a roll see if i can dispel if i have a wizard you know just play it out like you're supposed to then yeah that that doesn't bug me it's when it can like really swing something where if we mm-hmm. if we're doing a combat and i have wiped out like 15 of your guys and you go ah oh, i actually had like a plus one feel no pain there i totally forgot about that is it cool for rewind it's like man you've moved so many models it's hard to tell engagement range at this point yeah. i'm sorry man just be better about that next round so it's just kind of play it by ear what actually feels fair like because again they might have just completely forgotten and they aren't trying to cheat but at that point it might affect how the rest of the match goes in in the sense of like measuring ranges and engagement and stuff like that not just they have more models to hit you with so yeah my general thinking for sure i'm I'm, I'm kind of on board on that one with that as well i mean like i said talk about state of the game as long as it doesn't really alter the state of the board that much it's not that big of a deal if you know if somebody like if it 
new turn rolls over and you're like, oh my god, I never activated and attacked with that unit. If nothing's really happened, and I mean, cool, let's go ahead and work it through. Uh, also, if the game is swinging heavy one way or the other, then yeah, whatever. Like if you're if you're stomping my face in, and you want to stomp it in a what's little bit more, more with that. <laughs> well, yeah, what's what's one Half more kick? Teeth. All my ribs are broken. Half the anyway. teeth are gone. Just get the rest of them. Yeah, you know, because uh, at the end of the day, it is a game of two players, and both players should have fun. It shouldn't just be fun for yeah, one. Yeah, as person. always, is only game. Why you have to be yeah. mad? Exactly, is only game. Because like, I don't enjoy getting the shit beaten out of me in yeah, a game. Of but sometimes it happens. Like, I might I might be kind of grumpy on the outside about it. I'm still going to treat it with respect. I'm still not going to be a shitty person about respect. it. Respect. That is that um, is the good exactly. overarching word for this. Be respectful of your opponent unless they mm-hmm. have proven themselves to not be worthy of respect by coming across with a shitty attitude right off the bat or something like that. And not just respectful of your opponent when it comes to sportsmanship. Be respectful of other people around you and the place you're playing. Yes. In. Clean up your clean up your like, terrain. Pick up move your chairs to the side. If you're if mm-hmm. it's a small shop, put the table away when you're done if there's nobody waiting on it. Just just like be considerate. That's another word. That's a lot of people yeah. these days are less considerate just in life as they should be, let alone when it comes to hobby gaming. I've seen it a lot with terrain as well, that people can be really rough on terrain. It's like, man, a lot of people like Especially handmade terrain. People put a lot of time and effort into it. Don't fucking slam it around. Don't just jam models and stuff into it like that. Like, be respectful. Well, I, always, I always bring the two of super glue with I, me to the shop because there's always mm-hmm. broken pieces, oh, yeah. and I typically fix them if exactly. I see them. Exactly. Like, if if I see my opponent being respectful of the terrain and stuff like that, I'm going to like that person pretty much no matter what because, like, it shows that they give a shit. It's it's indicative of a better mindset of person. It's you know again someone who's just considerate of themselves, the surroundings, the people around them. You know, just just you're, in in life, that's going to lean towards a, a a decent kind of person. Yeah. Now I enjoy small talk in my games, chatting about random stuff as we play. I know not everyone is like that, so you know, being able to kind of read the social person awkwardness is definitely is, a thing in this hobby. Yes, exactly. It's very common in the hobby. So if somebody just kind of comes in and they don't talk a lot. You, I'll try and prime out of that shell a little bit because you know it's a game. Let's have fun. Let's shoot the shit. Let's relax a little bit. If somebody don't want to, whatever. That's cool. I'll sit there and I'll play my turns. I'll talk if they want me to. If they don't want to talk, I won't talk. I don't think going up to a table and not being social is bad sportsmanship. Yeah, yeah. And again, a lot of it will just depend on the energy. If you just say hello, you know, person says, hey, what's up, back, that's it. That, if that's the whole time we communicate, mm-hmm. other than, you know, this guy has a five-up feel, no pain, I roll this, I, I, I advance this unit, etc., then that's fine, you know, just as long as they're, you know, being a generally respectful, if quiet, person. Yeah. And, you know, we, we touched on a little bit. Our title is Dice Like Ice. Uh, generally, we have very bad dice rolls, but you can't, you can't get mad and blame a game on dice every time because there are some times when you just get outmaneuvered you just get outplayed and sometimes it's okay to be like man that was a good play you, you bamboozled me and that was solid be like yeah if i would have rolled all sixes i would have won no yeah, shit. That's, that's, that's that's how, how the game, game is, goes yeah. if, if everyone only rolls sixes you can't lose like 
So, and you know, I will get pissed. That, that is my one thing is I will get mad about my dice. Oh, same. I try not to, you, but sometimes you have I seen will. me throw a dice across the room several times. I have, I have, but also I think that goes with who you're playing with. Cause yeah. you know, if I'm playing with somebody else, unless it's like Ben or Will or something, I'm generally a whole, whole different person when it comes to oh yeah yeah if i if i had a really horrible role with just some random person who i was like first introducing to warhammer or say at a tournament Mm. i would not throw dice across the room i'm mostly doing it as a joke it's good yeah i've seen people literally open the door to the shop when it was across the street and throw their dice into the highway (laughs) like that seems a bit dangerous and a bit of an overreaction but you do yeah yeah it's, it's your tiny pieces of plastic i guess i just hope you didn't somehow fuck up someone's tires with that exactly so we talked a little bit about what we want to see in a good sport. What do you think makes a bad sport, Andrew? What are some like red flags that you're like, mm, don't know if I'm going to play this guy Ooh, again? Well, we already touched on some of them, but we can go through it again. Yeah. Uh, I, I have played with like overly dismissive people before where you try and explain your list to them and like, yeah, 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 come on, whatever, move on, move on. And it's like, I get we only have an hour and a half to play this game, man, but I just want to make sure you know what we're doing. There's a lot of armies in this game. You might not know my rules. I probably don't know yours, so it's cool if you explain your stuff to me. Um, people getting pissy if you ask about their lists. People getting pissy if you ask, like, are you sure that unit can do that? Or are you sure that's an ability you can use with this type of army? Because you're, you're playing a Chaos army, but you're leaning Zinch, and that's a Nurgle ability, if I remember correctly. You know, just, like, blatant... Uh, well, I guess it wouldn't be blatant. Like, subtle cheating like that, like, where you they can tell that you don't know their rules, and so they try to get away with stuff that you might not necessarily yeah. know. Um uh, uh, quick, quick dice rolling, like you were saying, where it's, or just like, oh, there's five sixes. We'll pick it up too quick for me to verify. Or if they get like, uh, mm-hmm. this is uh, a thing I think dice manufacturers shouldn't do, but having very non-contrasty dice where it's like a dark red with yes. black pips and you can't see, and it's a dark room and you roll and it's just like, well, that's five fives. And you're like, how can I tell, man? How can you tell? I know your eyes aren't better than mine in that regard. So, well, or even the uh, the G- a lot of the GW specific dice, they've gotten better about it. But, like, the Necron oh dice? God. Oh, or if you didn't ever see it, the, the yeah, Idenath Deepkin dice. God forbid, the fish They were dice. clear with light blue marks on them. Like, even the guy who had the dice, who rolled them every week, like, he would roll and he'd have to sit there and stare at them for a second <laughs> to figure out what the hell he rolled. He is a, is a beautiful army with the stupidest dice I've ever seen. Yeah, it is. People rip on the Lumineth yeah, dice, so, and I, I find them, in, like, endearingly dumb but you can at least oh, i love the swizzle you can at sticks. least read the swizzle sticks they're they just keep rolling <laughs> if you don't have a dice tray that's true yeah that's the other thing is uh, a, a dice tray i don't generally use a dice tray because usually when i have to roll dice it's large amounts of them and it's not super conducive to a dice tray i'll probably get one to care to this tournament just for sake yeah, of ease i have a little one but like when i roll my dice Usually what I'll do is I'll remove all my misses and then pull my hands away from the dice so my opponent can see. Like, you've seen me do this hundreds of times. I pull my misses, I pull my hands away, that way we can both look, and then I slide them into a pile, then I look again, and then I scoop yep. them. I always try and do the, the couple of extra seconds after mm-hmm. I think I've removed everything, just to verify. Because exactly. every now and again that two sneaks in because you, you were just looking over it and you thought it was a four. It, it happens. We're, we're all exactly. fallible. but. And if it's if it's things that you know something bad happens on ones, I slide the ones off to the side, and then I individually pick up the others and slide them into a different pile. Yeah, um, 
Uh, same with like the my ninja rats. They have on sixes. They have two hits with their range weapons. So after I pull all my misses out, I slide all my sixes to one side, and then I take from my miss pull and I match them out and go, you know, that's got to be one, two, three, four extra hits. Here's my four extra dice. Exactly. It's just again, you know, being courteous to your opponent it's a game with a lot of rules mm-hmm. so just verify stuff before you go and it doesn't have to be like every round where you're like one two slowly individually counting yeah. out the dice and then giving like 10 seconds to be like here count all of my dice just you know enough to where you can know that they know that you have actually rolled that dice i uh, i think one of the biggest red flags to me for a bad sportsmanship experience are people who win poorly mm-hmm. And what I mean by that are the people who sore winners. Exactly. You know, like if, if say, uh, like I've got a a Terminator squad that, you know, just gets absolutely trounced by something. They'll be like, Oh man, I trashed those. Oh, send those guys dead. Oh, raped them. Like, don't fucking make rape jokes about shit. Like, don't be an asshole when you win. I mean, like, especially don't make rape jokes about shit. That's that's, way too common. That's a good one in general. Don't make rape jokes just in general. That's yeah. that's that's a good life tool or life tip. Just don't don't make yeah. rape jokes. Yeah. So, knowing how to win gracefully, like no one likes to lose. Definitely, no one likes to get just absolutely trounced in a game. Have a little bit of class. Yeah. Even if you one hundred percent stomp a person, you know, shake their mm-hmm. hand. Hey, man, good game. Uh, hope your hope your dice roll better next time. Just you know, be be courteous. Yeah, I, uh, I do like it. Our, our local shop, our group, whenever anybody starts a game, they basically buy a round of drinks. Typically, for yeah. Yeah, like it doesn't matter who it is. It's me, it's Ben, it's you, it's Will. Like, we'll be like, hey, anybody want a drink? I'm grabbing yeah, drinks. Yeah, and normally it's just something easy um, like a Coke. You know, it's not like you're breaking the bank or anything. But just, you know, show. Yeah. God help us if we ever start gaming. Oh, my God. If, they, if, if our local <laughs> gaming shop had a, a bar section, we would just never end up leaving. It would be, be amazing. We should, we should definitely float that yeah, by Joe. Uh, we've talked about it well, a couple of times. needs to get on it. Agreed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another red flag is if you ever notice someone who's like openly mocking somebody for how they paint their army, that's a big mm-hmm. one because it's like, I mean, you know, I've been painting for 10 years. Tony's been play- painting for more than that. Like, we're pretty good at this at this point. But like, someone might just be starting the hobby. They might have just tra- bought their first contrast. They might have done dumb shit like us when they f- we first started and got enamel paints. Like, mm-hmm. y- painting's hard, especially when you're starting out. It's time consuming. It-, it costs a lot of money. It's it's yeah. unless you're lucky enough to either have a really good job or come from money, then it's it's a big initial investment. So if someone it if really someone is. comes up and openly mocks you for your, let's be real, not super painted, super well painted, you know, enamel testers painted orc, then that might be a little disheartening. That might get you out of the hobby before you even really begin. So, you know, just like at, at best be like, hey, man, those are cool models. Uh, and at worst go, hey, I like the paint scheme. Do you mind if I give you some pointers or something? Like, and again, that could also come across kind of shitty depending on how you say it. But like, you know there there are some gray beards in this hobby who can give some good advice if you really wanted to hear it so mm-hmm. uh just just as always just try not to be shitty about stuff yeah like i won't i won't try and push advice or anything on people with things um th- this comes more with like rules and stuff like that because we we generally have two to four tables of games going on in our local shop obviously this isn't really a tournament situation uh, because of a tournament situation you're going to be playing, you're not just going to be kind of hanging yeah. out. And I've seen those people who will come up and be like, oh, you should do this with this. Oh, you should move these guys over here. It's like, all right, 
unless they're asking specifically for advice or they're new players and you know you are helping them along don't give unsolicited advice to yeah, players. Yeah, that's a big one because you like it's their hobby. It's their I know game. From most people's perspective, who are giving the unsolicited advice, they're like, "Oh, well, I know the rules, and I'm just trying to help them along." But really, you might just be kind of trying to be a bit of a smarty pants, going, "I know the rules. I know I'm a tactical genius. I know what's going on." Uh, for some people, and some some place, some people might be doing it from a genuine point of view where they're trying to help, but it doesn't necessarily come across that way to some people, especially if you're brand new to the hobby and you're getting flustered by, you know, three books worth of rules you have to memorize and it's it it can be a lot for new people yeah and see like we're in our shop every single week pretty much at least two or three of us are out of our core group are in our shop every week so if there's a new player we recognize they're a new player generally they'll see us a couple of times and come talk to us if it's their first time in and they're playing a game be like hey you know audience must be like i'm tony or this is andrew you you guys have any questions curious about anything let us know. Like, we'll answer questions. We've been in it for a while. If you want to try and catch a game with one of us, we're more than happy to. Stuff like that. Like, be nice to people. And if they say no, don't be like, oh, fine. Fucking, some people don't just want shrug to. and say, all right, cool. And that's we're cool. Change your mind. Yeah. Exactly. Because, you know, we're, huh. we're, not pre- we're not pretentious, but we are kind of particular about people we'll play games with. Yeah, sometimes. well, we our shop caters to a lot of people and there are a couple of known cheaters. There are some people who are just not terribly fun to play against. You know, we, we have people who we've played with and interacted with and they're like, all right, you're kind of on our soft shit list where it's like, yeah, we don't really want to hang out with you. But if you haven't done anything like inherently wrong, we're okay with getting a game with you. You know, it's, it's we're, we're we try to be welcoming and inclusive if possible, as long as you haven't proven that you're kind of a dirtbag. Exactly. Like, you know, there are some people that at the shop, I a couple of them I'll hang out with, I'll shoot the shit with outside of the shop and things like that. I won't play a game yeah, with them. Some people, it's just yeah, not some fun. people are way too competitive or, like we've been saying, kind of shitty. So, you know, they might be good people and they just can't help it. Some people just have a really competitive streak and get really frustrated when they lose. Mm-hmm. It's fine, it happens, but just, you know, try to be understanding when you have someone who says, hey, man, it's not fun playing against you. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know. And that all kind of boils down to sportsmanship. Generally, if people don't want to play games against you, chances are you've got some improvement to do in your sportsmanship. Yeah, and every now and again, you... And there's there's nothing wrong with that if you recognize that and you seek exactly. to improve it. You can get one person who doesn't like you. Maybe they just hate your army. Maybe they just don't personally enjoy your company. That's cool. But if you have four, five, six people saying, hey, man, we don't want to game with you, it's probably a you thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and have, have that awareness. Have the words be like, oh, nobody ever wants to play against me. And then, you know, if especially if you're friends with them outside of the game, be like, hey, why does nobody want to get a game against me? And kind of figure out how to be a better sport or a better player it's, about it. Or It's because you play Tau. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And sometimes people just don't like playing against your army. Like, it's specifically in 7th edition, Tau players couldn't find games in our local meta because every Tau list was just a smash face shit eating list and no one wanted to play. I, I also that. joke. I don't inherently have anything against how I know it's a meme in the hobby, but it's right. No, but, but that's a yeah. good example. No, the, I mean, that, and it's though. like it, the blood angel smash captain lists, uh, the zinch, mm-hmm. at least in age of Sigmar, the zinch constant demon summoning where you can have like 4,000 yeah. points worth of demons in a 2000 point match. Like there's some cheesy bullshit lists you can take and that, the Kragnos, two Gargants, and some Man-Eaters. Which you won against because I'm an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's a very killable list if you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Turns out warp lightning cannons are the yeah, bane. For, for those of you who haven't played Mega Gargans yet, if you ever do, bring a list with mortal wound output. That'll do the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and every army is counterable. You just kind of have to know what yeah. you're doing. It's an uphill battle against some. Yeah, and that, that goes back to what I was saying about the tournament. Not everybody's going to know every mm-hmm. list out there. Like, do a little bit of research exactly. ahead of time, especially if you actually want to win because there's, you know, there's going to be the current meta, and it could be totally different two weeks from now. The, the tournament you're going to could say, hey, we know there's a new supplement that just came out, but we're not in count. We're not counting that because we know it's gonna, you know, completely make it where everybody's just playing the new hot daughters of Cain list or the new hot uh, uh, blood angels list or you know whatever the tournament is. So I went with two blood themed armies there. Uh, yeah, you did. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it was why, just what was on my mind. Here we go. Uh, so you know, it's it's if you're gonna be like competitive, try and keep up with the meta a little bit. But like, you don't have to build the most bullshit list you can possible. Just yeah, just go for the goal of having fun if you if you can win cool if not yeah, get some beers with some people afterwards make some friends you know yeah and you know on the subject of that kind of play to win sort of list if i'm at our local shop and i'm not playing against one of the guys who's either going to the tournament with me or knows we're tournament prepping i'll be like hey this is a list i'm planning on taking to a to a gt like if you want me to play a different list i'm more than happy to play a more fluffy fun list because not everybody wants to play against your fucking beat face list every time like i know that if andrew and i were just fucking around and you pulled out that giant list i'd be like i don't want to fucking play against this if if we were just playing just having a fun game at best i'll bring one mega gargant and then a bunch of shitty gets that i know Mm. he can do something about because the gloom spike (laughs) gets are fucking terrible right now as much as i love them but they're fun they're They're maniacal they're colorful they're goofy i love that army they're just terrible (laughs) I, i got two words for you andrew Ninja yeah, no, rats. no, I fully understand. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes I think we're too similar and stuff like this. We need a, we need a yeah, double. We need to get a third who's like, no, I'm very serious and straight laced with my games. Uh, Stormcast Eternals right. forever. Uh... Uh, also, kind of realizing when we were talking about the meta earlier, realizing that your local meta is not necessarily the tournament God, meta. Because no. like we kind of had that. Uh, realization when we looked at what the like the tournament results for the Orlando GT and a couple of the other GTs were and we're like oh wow like fucking Daughters of Cain I've never even seen Daughters of Cain on the table like Overlords that one we're like oh hey one of our Andrew's got a fucking Giants list at least we can get a little bit in against yeah. that and I only got a Giants list because I love the models list. I wasn't yeah. going for the meta I never do so other than when I bought that bone yeah, reaper, the, the Skaven list is so far from what the old Skaven meta was that I was expecting everybody to run a Skaven. So luckily, I had a lot of the stuff for that new meta, so I'll be able to at least stay in line there. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, and, and you know the one super mean Zinch Demon list that's whipping your ass at the local shop might actually be kind of crap on the GTC, and it might get its ass mm-hmm. whipped by I don't know Techless and the Lumineth or something. I mean, it's it it. Yeah, it's the, that's the other thing we haven't seen in the yeah. local shop. I think I'm the only person who's got any I've never Lumineth. played against Lumineth, and I, I can't wait to die to him. Yeah, it's not yeah. fun. So, and, you know, it's... I, that, my my one saving grace against that is I've got plus two to my dispel rolls with um, fucking Thankful and Bone I, Ripper. So I am putting the Arcane Tome <laughs> on one of my giants so I can have that one yeah. key dispel occasionally. 
be eating a lot of warpstone tokens and taking a lot of mortal wounds to get yeah, some spells off. Uh, okay. I, I figured I might switch that and end up taking uh well no mystic shield and flaming weapon. I don't know. It's a meta talk. Well, well I'll. Mystic fl- flaming weapon's pretty good yeah, on the giants. Yeah, no, it's it's a hard choice because it's like, oh, I could go with the the artifact that gives them a, a five up invuln save because there's a lot of higher end stuff now, or I could uh, hopefully mm-hmm. get some really good stuff off with the spell book. Eh, yeah, we'll see. I'll, I still got a couple weeks to mull it over. Yeah, I think I think mine's locked in. I think mine. What I'm going mine's with. like ninety five percent. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a couple of questions on some forums and see if I should take Kragnos or if it's better to take the Gatebreaker. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I feel like you're going to do better with the Gatebreaker than Kragnos. He's got more wounds, and I can give him an artifact to give him a five-up feel no pain, which is real good for Gargans. And and the mortal wound generation right now is just, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a big thing. And then his a lot of factions rely on terrain now, and I got a whole mm-hmm. army of monsters, so terrain smashing's a pretty good thing. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll mull it over. That's that's what I needed to do, is learn how to use my null holes a little more effectively. Yeah, that's probably the thing you should likely focus on, because I'm sure there's some nasty combos you can do with those if you do it right. Well, the big nasty combo is... Um having a skitter leap and throwing something with skitter leap next to an all hole, have them unleash warp lightning vortex in the middle of the enemy lines in their deployment zone and then null holing back to safety. That's, uh... But I don't rub warp lightning vortex, nor do I want run enough grace ears for that to work. Well, that's fair. Well, I'm sure there's something nasty you could do with uh storm oh, yeah. fiends or something at least. Yeah. I mean, the, the only downside is, well, no, I could buff them up and then hurl them through a null hole. Yeah, and just nah, send them into mulch. But anyway, uh, that's that's a lot of that's a big footprint to try and get through a null well, hole. That's though. definitely true. Those are some pretty hefty bases. Yeah, sixty. It's what six sixty millimeter bases. Yeah, something like that. No, that's that's <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a bit of real estate. It's a bit. But anyway. But we digress. Yeah. So, uh, anything else to say about sportsmanship? No. So I think I think that's what it all boils down to is respect the person you're playing against. Don't be an asshole and know how to win and lose with grace. Yep. The, the golden rule. Don't be a dick. Be yeah. kind. Be courteous. Exactly. All right. So uh, it's a little bit short of one today, but I want to kind of run into a tool tip to with us, Andrew. All right. And I want to talk about pallets and wet pallets. Ooh, we both know these. We do. And it is a really new development for me. Like I, it's probably been about the past year and a half that i've actually started using a pallet or a wet pallet what have you been using before then uh well you know my red tray yeah yeah i don't know if you've seen uh, literally so that red tray that i have in my hobby stuff every model i have built and painted since i got in this hobby has been on that tray Jesus. 21 years of hobby on that tray your tray can so drive you look, your tray can drink my tray can drive your tray can vote <laughs> oh my god my tray can drink <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic uh, that that tray is almost as old as i am in fact like dad used to build model cars and model rockets on ah, it so before a, i was born it's a legacy so, tray it's a legacy it's the hobby tray that we pass down to my kids the kids, heirloom kids. tray <laughs> yeah, this was right? your great no you don't you don't get ponies. a really <laughs> you don't get a really cool heirloom fucking like artifact or yeah, like your... a really nice muscle car pass now you get a fucking red tray was... from the varsity that was stolen in the mid 80s this was your great great my dad was a hooligan your great great grandfather's rifle he fought in world war one with no yeah, no right. you get the tray that was stolen from the varsity that thousands of models have been painted on <laughs> but no if you look on the edge of that that's what i used for years to thin down my paint 
you just you just slap water on that and just thin it down on the edge? Uh, yeah, I would. I would just put my dot. Yeah, when I finally started thinning paints about five years ago. Oh God. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't really get heavy into painting until pseudo recently. No, that's fair. And that uh, goes back to what we said: do do your hobby how mm-hmm. you will. But if you ever want to exactly. learn how to paint, there's a lot of resources out there. And Jesus Christ, thin your goddamn paints. Yeah, seriously. Oh boy, I wish I could have taught young me that. Yeah, well, we're all dumb when we're young. Yeah, but you know, I would just put a dot on the raised edge of that tray and then put the tip of my brush in a cup of water and thin it right then and there and use it. All right. But now... And then I got an Army Painter Wet Palette. And boy, howdy. Let me tell you, that thing is amazing. So uh, for, for those who don't know, why don't you explain what a wet palette is? Because it's, it's yeah. kind of a mystical sounding thing if you're not an artistic That's person. That's fair. So the purpose of a wet palette is... I'm going to kind of go into how it works a little bit. So usually it's going to have a basin on it. And then that basin is going to be a sponge or sponge-like object that's going to hold water. On top of that, it's going to be a little sheet of something kind of similar to parchment paper. It's like this little waxy paper. And it's going to be slightly dampened from the sponge underneath. And what you do is you put your paint on that. So you, you dip your brush into your pot or you put the drip from your Vallejo paint or your Scale 75 or Duncan Rhodes is releasing a new brand of paint. It's on Kickstarter right now. I'm excited so for that's it. That's exciting. Uh, it was fully funded with every one of its stretch goals hit in like 16 hours. It made over $400,000. It, it's <laughs> one thing I think most Warhams can agree on is that people like Duncan. He's a cool dude. Yeah. He's become a yeah. meme, which, you know, means a lot of people are playing into the joke just for the sake of playing into the joke. But most of yeah. us tend to like him as a dude. But I believe it's called Two Thin Coats Paint, which is even oh, better. Oh, of course. It has to be. Uh, so I believe it's already thinned down. But, yeah, so you'll you know, put it onto your wet palette with a little bit of... Um, you don't even have to add water to it if your wet palette is moist like it's supposed to be. And you just thin it right there on the palette. Most wet palettes you can reseal, so like... Um, You'll have 8, 10, 12, however many different colors on your wet palette that you can go in between. And then when you seal it, they will stay wet. Like, I didn't add water to my wet palette because I would just open it, use it, close it back. I didn't add water to it for probably five or so weeks. And the paint on it, I could still use. Which is just, it's mind-boggling to me because it's witchcraft. Yeah, although there is the... uh... The potential negative of if you happen to be in a, a most southern state like us, uh, yeah. you got to be real careful because that shit can mold. Yes, but that's that's why I like the Army Painter one. The Army Painter one actually, it doesn't have an O-ring in it, but it seats down tight enough and actually has a band that goes around it and it's airtight. Oh, that's good because I, I do also have a wet palette and it is a super cheapy one I got off Amazon for... I think $7, and I had to throw that sponge out because I forgot to wring it out a couple of nights in a row, and it got gross real fast. Ooh, was it that weird, like, grayish ivory big rectangle one? Yes, sir. It's slightly warped no matter what you do to yep. it? that's why I don't use it yep, anymore. That was, that was the first one I got to. Yeah, I need to actually... I was like, oh, wet palettes fucking suck. Yeah, I need to actually bite the bullet and get a real one because I, I, I do like the wet palette when it actually works, mm. and I personally find that if you're going to do wet blending, that's that's the thing to do it on. Yes. If you're going to mix your own paints, wet palette is the way to go. Um so I, I do I do need to invest in a proper one at some point in the near future, which if you yeah. really wanted to, you don't even really need to get like a proper wet palette. You just kind of need that parchment paper and a sponge. You could do it in like a Tupperware tray if you wanted to. It's, mm-hmm. it's just the concept more than anything. You can just get professional ones. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to recommend pretty much any product Army Painter puts out They're generally, with very little exception. Generally pretty solid, yeah. 
Yeah, the uh, the wet pile they have, it's even got a spot for their brushes. And I don't know if you've ever used an Army Painter brush, the majority of their brushes have these uh, like triangular handles on them. And they're actually, like, I, I work in a kitchen, so my hands have been used and abused. So I've got a lot of grip strength, but my hands will fatigue. And the shape of those is really, really comfortable on my hand. Mm. So that triangle shape is really nice. And their wet palette actually has, I think, six slots that those brushes clip into. And it holds them in place. That's cool. It's really nifty. I didn't realize that when I bought it. So it was this added extra benefit. Hmm. I'll have to look into that because uh, I need to get mm -hmm. some new brushes myself. And you know me. I don't like to spend money on brushes even though I paint a lot. Get get a set of the Army Painter brushes. Um, they're cheap. Um, I was planning because I need to get some more as well. I was planning on ordering some off Amazon probably next week. Uh, should be a text to remind me and I'll order you a set too to give a shot too. All right. And if you don't like them, then I'll have a backup set of brushes. Fair enough. I'll, uh, I'll let you know if I spend all my disposable income on the upcoming Cruel Boys. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, the other cool thing about a wet palette is it's a great way to keep your brush tipped. And what I mean is when you pull your paint, rotating your brush ever so slightly to re-tip it. Yeah, to, to get the bristles to a nice, a nice even mm -hmm. tip as opposed to being all splayed out and horrible. Exactly. Or you can just do like us grognards do and just lick the tip of the brush and learn the fun range of taste of Citadel paints. Yeah, we discovered this, Don't do that. We discovered this on Monday that uh, Tony and our buddy Will are fucking barbarians who, <laughs> who lick their paintbrushes. I have never done that once in my life. We were there. We were there before the wet palettes. I, I, I've, uh, I was not doing that before wet palettes. I've just been using acrylic sheets, and I still have never once licked my paintbrush. <laughs> well, it probably, it probably stems from the fact that when I was first getting into this hobby, Will and I are the same age, so we grew up building and painting models together, and I would usually paint when, when I would paint. I would paint with him at his house, so I, it's probably just a fucking habit I picked up there, tipping my brush by doing that just by hanging out with him and not realizing. Yeah, no. The way easier thing but, you can do is when you dip your brush in paint, you just make a nice twisting motion on the palette, and it'll it'll bring a tip up. You don't have to put it in your face like a fucking animal. Or you can taste Agrax Earthshade forever. What does Agrax Earthshade taste like for those of us that don't know? It's got a little bit of a twang to it, and it's kind of like. It's going to sound weird. It's got a little salty taste to it. Like, it's kind of bitter and salty. Okay, okay. Most Citadel paints have that flavor to them. They all taste pretty similar. Yeah, acrylic paints are um, non-toxic. That does not mean yeah, you should eat toxic. them. <laughs> yeah, Um Contrast paints are weird. Elaborate. I don't, know how to I don't know how to describe the taste. They just taste strange. Well, you're not like a paint sommelier? Yeah, right. Go figure. Oh, notes of bark and cinnamon. Ah, I'm getting, I'm getting some peat in this one. Hmm. <laughs> a nice, a nice aftertaste of rose. This would go well with a nice, a nice fava beans and some Chianti. Because <laughs> only serious really like to eat their own goddamn paint. <laughs> I really like to take the Agrax and reduce it down into a nice demigloss. <laughs> Be sure to cover your steak with an Agrax reduction. <laughs> <laughs> now you want to make sure the texture is nappe, where it gently coats the back of a spoon so it has the correct mouthfeel. And now what we're going to do is we're going to actually do a technique called monte beurre, where we're going to take and add butter to it as it finishes to give it a very nice light texture. <laughs> Uh, this is what happens when you get a, a, a person who's been to a culinary school to talk about cooking with paints. I paid a lot of money to learn how to sweep. <laughs> <laughs> that's the running joke in culinary schools is um, the only skill that's applicable to every restaurant you'll learn in culinary school is how to fucking sweep. Mm. Oh, boy. 
Well, uh, it's true. I mean, it's no, really I true. totally believe like, it. If you own or work for a restaurant, you're going to end up sweeping. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's one thing that every restaurant does. Not every restaurant makes fucking mother sauces. Not every restaurant makes pasta by hand. Not every restaurant does these crazy-ass garmange platters. Every fucking restaurant's got a dirt on the floor you need to sweep at the end of the night. Yep. And if it's still there in the morning, health inspector's going to be real here, too. God help you. Health inspector, fuck. The chef. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, the chef has knives. If, if you've never worked at a... Yeah. Yeah, if you've never worked in a restaurant, the health inspector's not the scary guy. The fucking head chef is the scary guy. We're going to deal with 100 health inspectors. Uh, well, anyway, I think we were talking about pallets at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, and Andrew, you don't you don't use a True Blue wet palette most of the time, correct? Typically not, no. I do like my wet palette. I, like I said, I need to get a new one because my last one got hella grody. Uh, thanks, Georgia. Uh, but typically, I use um, an acrylic paper sheet. So essentially, it's just a piece of paper, but one side has a very thin acrylic coating on it. Um, and so I just you know, slap a dollop of paint on that. Hit it with a little bit of water. Doesn't last anywhere near as long as a good wet palette, but it stays wet for a fairly long time. Uh, and then it's just like a legal pad or something. Once you're done with that sheet, just rip it out and go to the next one. And it's like six bucks at Michael's or, God forbid, Hobby Lobby or whatever your particular hobby store of choice is. Um, GW actually sells a palette pad as well. They do. Uh, I think they're a little bit. And I think it's actually comparable in price. It might be a hair more. Well, I think the sheets are a bit smaller, though. Are they? Yeah, because okay. the ones I have are just like your basic, like 8x10, 8x11, whatever the standard paper size is. Whereas I think the GW ones are like 6x4. Don't quote me on that. I've never used them before, but I'm pretty sure they're a bit smaller. Yeah, I mean, the ones that go in the wet palette, I've got one right here next to me. It's probably, I don't know, 9x5, give or take. Yeah, that's pretty good. But, um, yeah, it's a decent size. Yeah, and I've actually, uh, in dire straits when I've not had time to go buy a hobby shop and I've gotten to the end of my uh, my acrylic paper pad, it's acrylic. I mean, if you do it right, you can actually scrape up some of that paint and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of reuse it. It's it's not going to be as good as a nice fresh sheet, but, you know, it's it's something. And it's, it's moderately reusable. Like, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd put it at a 4. Would not be my <laughs> ideal choice, but in a, in a pinch, you can use it. Yeah, and really, you can mix and thin paints on pretty much. You can use anything as a palette. Oh yeah, it just needs to be a smooth, non-porous surface. Yeah, I've I've used the lid of a coffee can before for a palette when mm-hmm. I've not had anything else around, and it's it's just a, a thin sheet of plastic is perfect for it. Just whether yep. that's like saran wrap, uh, you can get a lid for a Tupperware container, you can get like a, a, a pot lid or something. I mean, it could be metal; it doesn't matter as long as it's non-porous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you can go to, like, you know, Kroger or wherever and buy a roll of wax paper yep. and even use that. Yep, that would be totally acceptable. A uh, sheet mm-hmm. of glass, if you can get, like, a tempered glass, that would be totally fine. And then yep. when you're done, you can just get a razor blade, scrape that paint back off, and reuse it. Yeah, exactly. But the wet palette keeps it wet significantly longer. Yeah. It's also, if um, if you hobby at multiple places, it's super convenient. Uh, most of them are. You know, you're not going to carry a pane of glass around with you to, to do paint mixing on, going between your local hobby shop and your house. And, you know, for those of you lucky enough to be able to paint at work, to carry to work with mm. you. But if, uh, if say, you use an orange toolbox or so at work, uh, an army painter wet palette just probably would seat 
perfect in it. Tony is alluding to my particular job. I work security <laughs> yeah, for a, a large university whose name I will not say, but uh, to put it mildly, my job is a fucking joke. And a lot, I, I frequently, I have one or two hours a day I can actually paint while still technically doing my job. So uh, I do actually have a toolbox, and I do frequently bring either my acrylic sheets or, back when it was not crap, uh, my wet palette with me. And I could actually get some painting done on the go, and it was great. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not hobby shaming. I was just making. <laughs> no, that's not even hobby shaming. That, I was. That's, I was job shaming. That's hobby jealousy. You wish you could paint yeah, two it hours. It really your, is. You're slinging your sandos. No, no I go. I don't because then I wouldn't be making any money. No, that's fair. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's our tool tip of the day: is pallets and wet pallets. Went a bit longer than we expected, so yeah, it's, it, it was. We got a little off topic, but it was. It's still, a good still subject. Discussion. The, the thing that uh, the, the, the ship upon which your paints sail is what's going to make your models look good. All right, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So now it's uh, our favorite segment, Dumb Lists. And Andrew's got a, what did you describe it as earlier? A possible wet fart? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not going to lie. I totally forgot that I was supposed to make a list until, <laughs> oh, an hour and a half before we recorded. So uh, I kind of whipped this one up on the fly with the uh, the Warhammer Builder app, which I now have access to because I am a Warhammer Plus subscriber. Yahoo! Um, so I took me a bit to flick through some, some armies and figure out stuff I at least kind of know of. So uh, this one, uh, oh, I haven't thought of a dumb name for it yet. Give me a second. Um, let's see. Uh, we're going to call it the Snot Tide. Snot Tide? All, All right. right. So with this one... Uh, I went with a bit of... Ooh, ooh. Hmm. You could also go with, you think it's going to be good, but it's snot. Ah, ha, ha. That'll be the tagline under the snot tide. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so I went with um, our, our ever-fun faction, Chaos. Now, Chaos is uh, full of all kinds of fun stuff, including wizards and blood-crazed barbarians and sex and rock and roll fiends. So I decided to go with the nasty sick boys <laughs> and uh, Death Guard are the new hotness. So of course I didn't pick them. I went with just pure chaos Nurgle demons. So what we have here in 40k, I guess it would also work in Age of Sigmar, but the points would be a little different. Yeah, uh, I went with three detachments. I have a battalion detachment, a battalion detachment, and a vanguard detachment. Uh, and in both of the battalions, I have two sloppity bile pipers, just one of the stupidest, names of the stuff. stupidest name models I've ever seen, but its abilities are fun. And then uh, I went with three units of nine Nurglings. <laughs> so that, uh, <laughs> that is a veritable boatload of Nurglings because there's two battalions with three uh, units of nine Nurglings each. Uh, and then so for a third one, we went with uh, Horticus Slimix, who is the dude who's riding on the goofy snail that has the mustache, um, and three beasts of Nurgle because... They're just fun and gross, and I wanted to mix it up a little bit from the Nurglings. Uh, so, uh, it's a dumb list, because it's yet another ridiculous tide of dumb, weak bullshit list, but could also potentially be good, because, uh, let's see here, with a sloppity bile piper... <laughs> such a stupid name, I can't, I can't just say it without laughing. So, 
On top of just all the basic stuff of Nurgle having a 5-up in Vonsave because it's a demon, disgustingly resilient, uh, which they haven't changed the rule for on Nurgle demons. I don't know if that is a app thing or if it's different from Death Guard. Uh, That's interesting. It's also still a 5-up feel-no-pain according to the Games Workshop app. Um, they also have Disease of Mirth, so anytime you fail a morale test within 6 inches of them, uh, you roll 2 die and there's an additional model that gets removed from the unit, so that's fun. But what you're getting them for is jolly gut pipes. So when they're within 6 inches of friendly sloppity bio pipers, great unclean ones, or nurglings, they get an additional attack, which is uh, can get weirdly brutal because nurglings start off with four attacks, and if I have six squads of nine nurglings, that's a lot of attacks coming your way if you uh, if you can plan everything out correctly. Uh, nurglings also have a fun thing where they too have a five-up feel-no-pain and a five-up invuln save, and uh, they have a special rule called Mischief Makers where... They can deploy anywhere, as long as they're more than nine inches away from the enemy deployment zone. So you can set up a really good line of Nurglings just wherever the fuck. You get a sloppy Biopiper in real close. God, that is such a dumb name. <laughs> it really, it really is. is. It never it never rolls off the tongue, no matter how many times you say it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you get them nearby. Yeah, there's a joke in there. One of us should probably make that I'm not going nope, to. Nope, we're just not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> you get them in there, they're going to be able to do a shitload of additional attacks. Uh, so you have this horde of just boogers coming at you. Uh, and then you also have what I guess is going to be kind of the elite fist of this unit, which is still stupid, which is uh, Horticus Slimex and his goofy snails. Uh, so Horticus... He has a rule called Beast Handler, so Beasts of Nurgle within six inches of him can re-roll failed charge rolls, and in addition, they can add one to their hit rolls if they're within 12 inches of them, so they can actually get some some pretty good uh, damage thrown out there. And again, 5-up invuln, 5-up feel no pain. Um, let's see, he has a special rule called In Death There Is Life, so at the start of your turn, if any models, any models, friend or foe, were slain during the last turn within seven inches of Horticus Slimux, uh, one demon model just within seven inches can heal lost wounds. So that's pretty useful. Uh, uh, especially considering that's a demon army, exactly. right? Exactly. Uh, he also has a rule called Plowed Slime Trail. So roll a d6 for oh, enemy nice. models that fall back within an inch of them. On a four up, they take d3 mortal wounds. Uh, I didn't take him this particular match, but he also has a thing where he can summon feculent gnarl maws, which are their terrain pieces, more useful in Age of Sigmar, and if I actually went into the rules, probably pretty useful in 40k, but I was whipping this thing up on the fly. Uh, that tree is so creepy looking, and I both love and hate that model. It's pretty gross, that's for sure. Uh, moving on to the Beasts of Nurgle that are beefed up by Horticus Slimux. Uh, they have D6 attacks, which is pretty swingy, but could be pretty brutal. Um, they can re-roll failed wound rolls for that, though, which is pretty good. Um, let's see. They can perform heroic interventions as if they were characters, so they can potentially keep uh, a flagging unit of Nurglings alive. They can keep Horticus Slimux alive. They can keep one of your one of your four sloppy bile pipers alive. Uh, they also have the five up feel no pain, the five up invuln save. Um, they can be summoned by demonic ritual, as can everything in this army, because they're all demons. So if you want to keep some stuff in reserve and spend a couple of command points to do that, you can sneak some stuff, stuff in off the table if you want to do that. Uh, they too have the deadly slime trail rule. So if something falls back, there's a really good chance they're going to suffer some mortal wounds. So, uh, yeah, that's the list. It's pretty simple. It's a little one note, but it's just the overwhelming tide of gross 
slippery, vomiting snot piles and sloppity bile pipers. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I always thought the sloppy bile piper was a zero one. Is he not? Zero one? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, oh, God. Sorry. Using old school terms. Yeah. Uh, something that you can only ever have one of. Oh, uh, well, uh, the unique, I guess. The, the list builder let me have more than one. So I, I well, guess it's because he's not a well, named hero. I think they changed how you can do heroes. That, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But if that's, uh, if that's the case, then boy, is this list going to be even more dumb. But. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sh- uh, you're already making silly lists if you bought more than two of these guys, I think. So, and this one requires four. Man, I really wanted to use the uh, Trogdor list against that. Yeah, that many flamethrowers. Like, that's a lot of hits, but they got enough invuln and feel no pain. Yeah, it's, it's two comically swingy things. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want to proxy this army now just to see how that would do against uh, the Trogdor. Yeah, we, could, we could always try it on TTS one day. Oh, yeah, that's true. We have, to, we have the technology. We spent $10 <laughs> on a video game. Pretty sure I actually got it for free, like forever ago, or for like a dollar during a sale. Yeah, I got one on sale for I think five dollars. But anyway, yeah. that's my dumb list. Uh, I would have spent ten on it. It's fantastic. Oh, it's great. Uh, next time I'll try and have, put a little more forethought into it. But I still think that one came out pretty dumb. It did. I did. You are correct. It was pretty. Dumb. <laughs> but is it fun dumb <laughs> or dumb dumb? Who knows? Yeah, exactly. What what kind of dumb is it? Only time what, will tell. What do you, the viewer, think? Viewing listener? listener? Viewing with your ears. <laughs> yes. Ear viewers. Viewers. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I believe that's our show for this evening. Uh, it's a little shorter than our normal episodes, but you know, you're probably tired of hearing us talk at this point, so we'll come back with a real long one on the follow up. Give the old rope a dope, hook you in with a short one, and then just KO you with like a three hour one. Oh, super last second hobby progress update that I 100% oh. forgot about. Orc pre orders happened this weekend, and boy, did I get a lot of them. So I recently sold my Death Guard army and have a bit of disposable income. So I got, uh, let's see if I can remember everything, three of the new combat patrol boxes coming up. So I'm going to have 60 orcs to paint, nine defcoptas to paint, three additional def dreads to paint on top of the one that's currently sitting on my workbench, uh, three of the mega knob or mega boss. Uh, yeah, Mega Knob War Bosses, the, the guys in the power armor, bleh, words. Uh, and then I think that's everything that's in that box. And then I got two of the Beast Snagaboy boxes, so that's another 20 guys to paint. And then I got two of the Squig Hog Rider boxes, so that's six Squig Hog Riders, two Smashing Knobs, and two of the little Gretchens that are on their little tiny bomb squigs. Uh, and then I got one of the Beast uh, beast Bosses, the guy who really, really, really looks like an Age of Sigmar model, but is in 40k. So I am. He's so cool. I'm gonna have a lot of orcs to paint in my future. Yeah, hope you like painting green. I do, which is good because I would get real sick of it otherwise. And if I find yeah. myself at a point where I desperately need to paint something else, I do still have those Krieger models from Kill Team to paint up, and I might paint them in Armageddon colors because I was I was comparing their aesthetics this week, and Kriegers are really similar to to yeah. uh, Steel Legion Armageddon guys. So, okay, that's my last second hobby. Back to oh, the outro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, as always, Andrew, you want to leave us with a word of advice? Word of advice. Uh, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. You heard it here first. God, I hope not. God, I hope you've heard that well before you listen to yeah, us. If you're, if you're just now hearing it from us, something somebody has failed you in life, yeah, but we're here for you. A ball has been dropped. We at Dice Like Ice are here to hand that ball and say, excuse me, sir, please, don't be a dick. 
Yeah, don't be a dick. All right, and on that note, thank you all for listening, and have a good night, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Thank you once again for listening. You can always contact us at DiceLikeIcePodcast at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook or Instagram, also under Dice Like Ice Podcast. We would also like to give a big shout out to Scarlet Saturn for use of their music in our show. It's over. Go home. Go.